Hello and welcome to the Church in Context podcast. I'm John. This is my co-host here, Jonah. Jonah, how's it going today? Doing all right, John. We've almost made it through 2020. We're recording this on uh, New Year's Eve. So tomorrow, all of this is going to be over. Everything's going to be great again, John. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Can't wait. That's right. It's going to be so much better. Everything, you know, is going to be contained to just a calendar year. Perfect. Yep. Wow. (laughs) I wish. We are on episode 10. Can you believe that we're in the double digits of the Church in Context podcast? Yeah, we're, we're there. Wow. I know. See, if, like I said two weeks ago, one good thing came out of 2020. It was this podcast. So uh, we're here. It'll probably, and, yeah, it'll probably be looked back on as the most eventual thing that happened this entire year, actually. Quite the big possibly. news of this year is the birth of Church in Context. That's right. Pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, um, really excited today. We're going to have a very special guest on. We'll introduce him in a bit. And before we start that, why don't we share some some funny news stories? The, the last day of our, our very funny, odd year. What are your thoughts? Funny news stories. Yeah. Go for it, Jonah. Yeah, so this one's a little bit... Uh, controversial. A lot of people are really upset about this, and I don't want to make light of uh, like a, a bad situation. But apparently, for those who didn't know, Alec Baldwin's wife has been pretending to be Spanish. I think at least since they were married, so for the past eight years. And it came out that she's just not Spanish. She, she was born in the USA um, and has been faking an accent. Fake. She faked her name. She told everyone her name was Hilaria when her name was just Hillary for like at least eight years. Um, and again, I don't want to make light of, you know, cultural appropriation or of, uh, you know, the real struggles that, that immigrants have in this country, but like, that's still really weird. I don't know. I've, I've never heard about that. If somebody, uh, yeah, pretending to be someone they're not that intensely in that public of a position for that long, that's ridiculous to me. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you start, like when you like, concoct that background like what at what point do you break it it's kind of like you, you have this this i don't know if it was a lie or it was a mistake let's say it is a lie you just keep getting deeper and deeper into that and like you can't get out yeah um yeah yeah i guess that's true right it's like the the white lies build on each other until eventually it just seems like a weird thing to start though like even even stage one of that <laughs> that's true even yes. if you're only going on for eight years good point anyways i don't get it um yeah that's the weirdest story i heard (laughs) well my weird story so looking forward to 2021 the colors of the year were announced it's normally just one color of the year but this time it felt like we needed a couple extra colors so we had had two colors of the year this this time and this is great right for 2021 i'm so excited for this color the color of the year is ultimate gray (laughs) ultimate gray it's just okay so it's described Mm -hmm. as like just a dependable new like the ultimate neutral color ultimate that's why it's called ultimate and it's described as i have it right here solid and dependable elements which are everlasting and provide a firm foundation (laughs) incredible ultimate gray Oh, they man. also have another one I think is maybe ultimate gray might not have appealed to everyone. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, gray's like my favorite color. So yeah, I'm, I'm not ultimate gray. Ultimate I'm wearing gray, gray right now. <laughs> Me too, actually. It's, yeah, yeah, Wait, we're set. Very festive for yes. uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> 2021. Very festive. Uh, the other one is illuminating, which is like a warm yellow color. So anyway, if you want to look up ultimate gray and illuminating, um, those are the colors of the year. So excited ultimate gray um i feel like we should you know we have like a, a lot of green in our logo maybe we should just go with like a, a gray ultimate as long gray. as that's the ultimate gray like now yeah. that i know there's ultimate gray i'm never going to look at gray the same way again that's right like the bar has been raised speaking of raising the bar we have a very special guest with us today 
um, our special guest is, I want to say like the inventor or founder of Student Connection, but I feel like um, maybe like the the czar or like Ooh. the, um, what's another like, the, the guru behind the, the guru, like the the um, the great. Let's call him the great. He, he's like the it. one who came up, yes, with student connection, and he is a good friend of both of us uh, as we've been with student connection. He also works for an organization called Crew, and he will be starting a podcast sometime soon too. So with all that said, I'll let him introduce himself as well. But want to introduce to the show our good friend Ryan Fast. Hey guys, Ryan, how's it going? I'm yeah, ultimate gray, really. I mean, <laughs> as if we aren't depressed enough. Let's just pick a color that will just make us even more depressed. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Uh, no, I'm great. No, I, you know, you call me the czar. I, I think of myself more as like the queen of hearts, you know, of student <laughs> connection. You know, I just kind of started it. Yeah, one day. So, uh, but for all of you who are wondering out there, student connection is not a dating service. Just, just to get it straight. <laughs> going to start with that Good one. Clarification. Thank you. Oh, no, student connection for any of you who are wondering is uh, just a mission conference for middle school, high school age students uh, with just a vision of launching students into a lifetime involvement of serving Jesus through missions and ministry. And uh, why not go now? So uh, that's what we've, uh, we started and got connected with uh, wonderful youth pastors like Jonah and John and others throughout the Portland metropolitan area. And so every Every uh, first weekend of November, we get together and uh, have a great time uh, discussing, you know, the deep-seated spiritual needs of the world around us, educating us on what it means to use gospel-centered mission to meet those needs, connecting with the mission field now, knowing that discipleship is key, or as we like to call it, deck. So, um, so yeah, have a great time with middle school, high schoolers, have a good time doing it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what we do. And we've been really appreciated, John, Jonah, and many other pastors and organizations that have been there. We've had a blast doing it. So yeah, it's been great. Student Connection, I think your first, first conference was 2015. Is that right? With, with, or was it 2016? Um, well, let's see here. I guess we, so we've, We've had, uh, now you're really making me think. Officially, we started actually seven years ago, but okay. um, but uh, four years ago was when we had our first standalone event kind of. Okay, you know. got it. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think, uh, John, you were there, weren't you? Weren't, I was. Didn't you? I yeah, was you brought it. The original student there, connection. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, that was good. Cool. And if people are trying to find out about Student Connection online, uh, where can they go to like learn more info? You bet. Well, I mean, the first place to go is the website, which is studentconnection.org. And that's, uh, you know, Student Connection is spelled with an X, so C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N. And uh, yeah, go there. Uh, if you if you got any questions, that's the first place certainly to start. Um, you can also drop us an email um, at studentconnectionportland uh, at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get right back to you on stuff. So. Very good. And and Ryan, you're not only the 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 zero the zero. I like zero, whatever I <laughs> the czar, the guru. I just made up a word. You're the zero. Live online <laughs> free gift from John, the zero. That's right. I'm using that. <laughs> uh, That's the best part of having a live podcast is I can't get it out. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna be so editing now. Like the, the the maestro of student connection, but you are also uh, part of another big organization uh, over in Portland. Actually, it's well beyond Portland from yeah. our conversation. Like well, well beyond Portland. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you tell us a little more about uh, Crew? You bet. You bet. So Crew's been around since the early '50s. It was founded by a guy and gal named Bill and and Vonette Bright. And uh, it was a student, you know, focused ministry that was training students on, at that time on college campuses, how to do gospel centered outreach and uh, lead others to Christ. And their mantra is win, build, sin, win people into, into the kingdom, build them up and then send them out to go and, and uh, proclaim God's love, not only in your own context, but all around the world. 
Um, that organization since the 1950s has grown into one of the largest mission organizations in the world with over 20,000 people working all over the place. Um, great commission work. Um, the heartbeat, I would say, of the organization uh, still is, is really working on college campus ministries throughout the entire world. Um, but they also have a really significant high school ministry. And my wife and I have just joined staff with them. We've been working vocationally as missionaries with teens for the last decade. Uh, but we're really excited to be switching over and joining their Portland Metropolitan team uh, here in Portland, Oregon. And we're going to get working on training students how to do discipleship, start gospel-centered movements right here on the high school campuses in Portland. So we are super excited to be engaged and get involved with that. That's rad, man. Yeah, growing up, was missions a big part of your life when you were younger, or was it something that kind of hit you more as you were in high school uh, or later on? Yeah, abso absolutely. Well, I always tell everybody the story. Like when I was in third grade, I was going to uh, Cornerstone Christian School, and uh, my my third grade teacher, Mrs. Reddington, was going around the the classroom, and she was asking, she was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" You know, and everybody was this. I remember my friend saying, "You want to be an astronaut?" You know, stuff like that, right? And she got to me, and before I even knew it, I was like, "Well, I want to be a missionary." To this day, I cannot tell you exactly why those words just jumped out of my mouth, but they did, and they were true. I mean, like as soon as I said them, I was like, "Huh, yeah, I think I might actually do that." You know, and um, so missions was like on my radar for whatever reason it, back in elementary school when I was really young. And uh, then when I got into high school, a friend of mine, uh, his sisters had gone on a, on a short term mission trip uh, with an organization called Team Missions International. And uh, and she had gone to Romania, come back and and uh, she came over to me, hand me a brochure. It was like, hey, Ryan, I know you're kind of interested in missions. You should check this out. And I was like yeah, this is awesome. And I, I open up the brochure and I look at it, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, oh man, look at all the, I was looking at all these countries, right? That I could go to. But then it was like everything else faded out on the paper. And there was this one country that I was like, I am going there. And I walk over to my dad who's sitting in the kitchen. I'm like, dad, guess what I'm going to do this next summer? And he's like, what? And I'm like, dad, I'm going to go to Switzerland. Now, I know you all are thinking, the land of cheese and chocolate, Ryan, that sounds like a rough place to be a missionary. <laughs> it is. It's hard to be a missionary. Somebody's got to do it. But anyways, my father looks at me, being a very pragmatic individual, and he's like, so son, where are you going to get the money for that? To which I very irreverently replied to my dad, come on, dad, where's your faith? What's up? You know? <laughs> Children, if you're listening to this podcast, don't, don't respond to your parents that way. That is not very honoring. Just to make that all clear. But, you know, literally 10 minutes later, as I'm reading through literature, I'm like, oh, I got to send in a deposit. And, you know, and all went down for the But I say that kind of anecdotally. The reality is God completely changed my life that summer. I, I did go on a mission trip. I spent the whole summer overseas working in Europe. I came back with a vision for the United States because I saw where Europe was really post-Christian, post-modern society. Yeah. And, I, and I could come back to Portland, Oregon, where I was from. And I was going, wow. We're in, a, we're in a tough spot here. You know, we're not too far behind at all. And uh, that, that just got me, admissions became my North Star. It became what I was looking for. Um, I turned around and went back the next summer, um, went to completely, I went to a developing nation context uh, to Papua New Guinea. Uh, I mean, malaria infested, just really difficult swamps. <laughs> I built the, help was a part of a team that built the only hospital in a hundred plus mile radius. Um, and just God, through both of those experiences in high school, I, I knew that it was like, Lord, I'm going to become a missionary. You just tell me when and where. Um, it, it took me longer than I thought. I had a lot of growing up to do. Uh, but by the time my wife and I hit the 30s and we had been working a lot with youth, um, that was that was when God basically looked at us and said, hey, um, time to walk away from it all and go become missionaries. And so we did. And that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years, basically. So that's awesome. Oh. Yeah. And um, you are also jumping on with us today, but you're also starting your own podcast, kind of the official Student Connection podcast in a, in a couple of months, right? You want to talk yeah. about that more? Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited about that. Um, the title of our podcast, if, if you want to look for it, it'll be showing up you know, hopefully towards the end of March. We'll, we'll get our first ones running out there. Um, it's called Ready, uh, Ready Let's Go. Uh, is the title nice. of the podcast, and it's it's a missions podcast. It's going to be sponsored directly by Student Connection. Um, we're gonna we're gonna engage in the deck philosophy that I've already you know kind of told you about. Uh, but the way we're gonna do it, think of it as TED podcast meets 
uh, 60 minutes. Uh, we're going to try to bring in, uh, it's going to be a real interview driven kind of format, um, but then we're going to try to get concise because when you sit and talk with somebody, um, you know, there's there's certain nuggets and that's what we want to do. We want to grab the nuggets and we want to create for uh, students, we want to contextualize the mission field for students. We want them to understand what's going on out there right now, what's working, what's not working. We want to teach them about not only the biblical foundation of it, so we're going to be bringing in, we hope, uh, professors and, and people who can tell us a lot of the biblical background for it, but also the history of it. You know, what's gone on historically? Why is the church driven again and again and again to just go and fulfill this great commission? What does missions look like? What is an unreached people group? What are these missionologies? And also the cultural issues that just surround going, taking Christ. How do you, how do you take Christ into another context, you know? How do you do that successfully? So you're going to see uh, a lot of profiles from missionaries who are actually in country. I'm not going to guarantee you the recordings are going to be the most beautiful thing because we may be doing some really long distance phone calls and you know different recordings yeah. and some different scenarios. Um, I already did my first recording with a uh, with a uh, uh, with a missionary who's in Senegal, West Africa. Tough, tough environment. Very different. Um, you know, cultural setting. So you're going to see missionary profiles. You're going to see cultural profiles. So regions, what's going to be like if you were to go to, let's say, Senegal and work, you're going to learn what that looks like. Um, but we're also going to teach you about things like what are the different things you can do from church planting to, uh, you know, Bible translation and why all of these different things need to be done in order for the Great Commission to be fulfilled. So, uh, you know, our hope, like I said, is just contextualize the mission field for the teenager so that they might be inspired by those who are already going to actually go themselves. That's awesome. Looking forward to hearing about it and hearing it once it's published. That's great. Yeah. We can't wait. We're excited. <laughs> Love yeah, it. And, and you guys uh, know when your first episode is going to be made available. Um, we're planning on the, we don't have an exact date yet, but we're planning mm -hmm. on the last week in March uh, to cool. have, our, have cool. our opening one out and our opening will just be an intro. And then probably the first, you know, real good like missionary profile is going to roll out the first week in April sometime. Sweet. So. Awesome. Put Sweet. it on my calendar. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Great. Well, uh, speaking of kind of looking forward to, to things, right? We're looking forward to 2021, right? So I wanted to bring on, on Ryan today to, to talk about this topic of New Year's resolutions, which maybe some people have already thought of some. Maybe, you know, if they're, if they're watching live right now, it's about 4.30 that they're they're thinking like, oh, maybe I should make some up, you know, because that that's that's in a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> you know, so we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. And later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about kind of just wrap up with what are our predictions for 2021. And just yeah, think that's robots. That's all I have to say. Think, think robots. robots. Mm. Thinking robots. Well, prediction. <laughs> Uh, um yeah so new year's resolutions that's something for those of you tuning in maybe don't know what that is i think a lot of people do but if you don't it's whenever uh, a new year begins it's kind of this this break in you know in in the calendar where people think it's really significant to like start a new habit they say this is going to be the the year that i do this whether it is I'm going to a famous one. I'm going to lose five pounds. I'm going to, um, I don't know, what are some of I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to learn the gym every day. That's another big go one. Go to the gym every day. That's yeah. right. I'm going to get that chiseled Arnold Schwarzenegger look. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So, so people use this calendar break as a way, maybe it feels like there's a lot of health ones and that kind of, yeah. maybe it's, oh, it's so true. <laughs> I remember I used to work for for Starbucks, and and January was the time where you know Christmas you had all the really sweet peppermint mochas, you had the gingerbread lattes, you had all the the blended drinks, and you had the cranberry bliss cheesecake bars, and all these. And You're then making me hungry. Yeah, I know, right? And then January comes, and then you have the skinny vanilla latte, which is the non-fat milk, the sugar-free vanilla, and it was just totally different and that's kind of how we approach like we we like indulge a lot in december and then it's like oh man okay new year gonna drop that that weight whatever that is so we have this like mindset but a lot of times either one i think that the the goal is very like not attainable or it just it's it's a 
it's a means to an end, but it's not an end, right? And I know Ryan has some thoughts about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's also, you know, maybe something that's we're really going to think about changing who we are holistically and, and becoming more like Christ. Well, health is good, but sometimes our goals are maybe in the wrong place. Um, yeah, Ryan, so I just want to throw that out to you. Any thoughts on, <laughs> on New Year's resolutions? Oh, yeah, I got lots of thoughts about that. You know that. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't like New Year's resolutions, uh, if I'm honest with you. So you're like, you brought the wrong guy on the show. Uh, yeah. I, and the, here's the reason why. It's not because they aren't well-intentioned, but it, it has more to do with um, my observation that far too often, us as humans, our uh, our ambition far exceeds our actual motivation to carry something out. And uh, let's just let's just go with your example of you know we want to get in peak physical health, right? And uh, let's let's make it a little simpler. Let's suppose I'm sure there's plenty of people out there like I want to run, I want to exercise some more this year, so I'm going to run three miles a day. Okay. So average Joe Blow, who has not been running much at all, decides to go out and runs three miles. What is going to happen to your body? Like you're gonna die a mile in, probably, right? You know, knees or back will hurt so bad. Oh yes. yeah, and you're, you know, and so yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get yourself into it a little bit first, right? Maybe do some walking first before you start running, and and build up to that, you know, kind of three miles, and and that's that's what I I often find is that when we don't, there, there's two things you have to identify when you're you're gonna change something in your life. First off, you need to actually identify what's your core, what's your core value. You know, um, I don't think your main reason is you just want to go run three miles, run three miles. It's probably because, hey, I want to get healthy. I want to have a healthier yeah, not body. Not many people like running three miles. Like, yeah. <laughs> miserable. Yeah. And and so you you got to find out, you know, what what do I what am I really after? You know, and and then on the other end of that, if you're going to actually you got to build habits into your life that are attainable. And that's that's where the motivation and, you know, that doesn't meet your ambition, you know, kind of gets in the way. So um, here's my own personal story on this. You know, if, if you had met me a little over a year ago, I was six foot one and I weighed 350 pounds. I was a very morbidly obese individual. I sit in front of you now. Uh, I used to be a 3XL guy. I'm actually wearing a size medium shirt now. Okay. Wow. I've dropped over 150 pounds, but I didn't do it overnight. And I, and I definitely didn't do it because I started running three miles a day or something like that. Um, instead, what I did was I built little tiny micro habits, just little things that I knew I could do every single day and that I wouldn't fail to do. Because when you fail, what happens? You, you just get demoralized and you fall off the bandwagon. But if every single day you're doing a simple discipline that you know you can do, and you know after a week or two of doing it, you're like, well, I can add a little bit more to that. And then I can add a little bit more to that you know, over the span of two to three months, that discipline becomes a habit and that habit eventually will become a practice yeah. and you can build on things. So here's an example. 15 weeks ago, I wanted to start doing push-ups. Okay. My goal was to do 50 push-ups in a day. That was my goal. Um, now I went, wait, but that's not, I'm not going to be able to sit down and do 50 push-ups. Shoot, I don't think I've ever done more than like five in a row in my entire life, right? You know, I mean, the pecs get so sore, right? After you do some push-ups, you know? And, uh, but what I did instead was I got up in the morning and I did three push-ups. Okay, I could do three push-ups. And, um, and then I set an alarm on my phone for about 10 o'clock and I did three more push-ups. And then I did another one after lunch, another set in the middle of the afternoon, another set in the evening. Over the course of the day, I did 15 push-ups. I felt a little sore, but not bad. I did that for a week. For a week, every day, I did 15 push-ups, you know, three at a time, basically. Um, today, I have done over 80 push-ups. Each week, I've added one more push-up, you know, to my sets. And that's, okay, so I'm just talking physically. You know, that's what I think we should be looking at. Instead of just looking at our big, huge resolutions that are probably going to set you up for failure, um, I think you want to build in just little attainable disciplines that you can just work on gradually, let them become habits, and you really, you're building habits into your life that then ultimately uh, can become practices that are a part of your life. 
Um, and so, you know, I've just talked about this physically, of course, where I really want to go with this is spiritually, right? right. You know, For where sure. does this really go? Um, so here I am. I am a 44-year-old male sitting in front of you. I've followed Jesus ever since I was five years old. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never had the prayer life that I've ever wanted to have. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we all know those prayer warriors, right? You know, the people that pray a lot. Don't we all know those people? And and for me, whenever I've met those people, I have always wanted to be those people. But I've never been able to figure out why in the world I can't ever, like, like I know they pray a lot, but I just can't, you know, five minutes in, my mind is everywhere else but on prayer, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And earlier uh you know this this year uh, in 2020 i went wait i've done all these things with my physical body why don't i try this spiritually too so i just made myself a little chart i was like i want to be a prayer warrior well, that's my goal that's my motive i want to pray and have this great because it's the love of prayer does like it builds up my trust in god it increases my fellowship with him you know it, it draws me closer to people i'm praying for right so I just make myself a little chart and I'm like, this week, I want to pray five minutes a day. I just want to get alone and be quiet and spend five minutes a day praying to God. Now, that's something that I know I could do because five minutes isn't that hard. Maybe for someone else, they need to be three minutes. I don't know, but I, I just pick five minutes. And so for two weeks straight, I never failed to pray for at least five minutes. Why? Because I could do it. I knew I could do it. Five minutes a day is not that hard to set aside. Well, after two weeks, do you think I was still praying five minutes a day? No way. No, no, I was, I, by the end of two weeks, I was, it was more like 10. And so I was kind of like, well, okay. So I'll bump it up to 10 minutes a day. Hmm. After four weeks, do you think it was just 10 minutes a day? No, it was more than that. So I bumped my, you know, up to 20 minutes a day. Over the course of eight weeks, I got up to where I wanted to be. I got up to easily, comfortably spending half an hour a day just praying with the Lord. That was my personal goal. That was where I wanted to be. It didn't happen overnight. And if I tried to make it happen overnight, I know I would have failed. But God, through, you know, honestly, just his grace allowed me to just learn these just little things about habits, disciplines, practicing them, and they'll grow with time. Success breeds success. It's kind of the way God made us to be. So that's my thoughts on, you know, kind of how do you, when, when you look at something that you really want to God, Jesus gives you these ambitions. He really does. When you come to believe in him, he gives you these ambitions that you want to do it. But he also gives you the capacity to figure out how to get there. And it's never, in my experience, it's virtually never something that you just experience overnight. Did the, did the pain of doing more push-ups cause you to pray more too? Was there oh, immensely. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my trick to praying as much as I do. I pray when I walk now. So... I, I actually I actually integrated it with one of my other habits. So um, every day I do at least a 30 minute walk. And I think if if people were to listen, because I'm a verbal processor, so I can't pray internally. So I literally walk my street. I'm just praying out loud, just like you and I are talking right now. And I think my neighbors have to think I've got to be a little crazy. It's like, I'm just a guy who walks and talks to himself a lot, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> Like I think that's a, a really good principle you you brought up. Not only just that the that starting small and like it's, it's kind of like if you're, you know, if you say you're only going to pray for two minutes, likely if you get started, you might continue. And it's good to just let yourself. And in that case, you've exceeded your goal instead of failed to meet your thirty minute a day goal. Right? To start. You, you got it. Yeah that's that that's awesome and i think another thing you said too with um combining habits or like habit habit mm. stacking so like if you know everybody wakes up and gets out of bed right so the first thing you do to get out of bed like that's your first habit so you might not think of it as a habit but yeah getting out of bed is a mm. habit but maybe what's the next thing you do i know for me like with an evening routine i always brush my teeth right so it, that's the habit that is ingrained into me. So if I do something positive after brushing my teeth, you know, a habit, then it kind of triggers habits along the way. So I think, you know, just that that walking, you know, that that was already built in. I think that's huge, um, especially habits that 
that lend themselves to each other. Like yeah, that feet. work well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think brushing your teeth while you're walking. And I'm not sure if that's very pragmatic. Really. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I like how you brought up the idea of almost playing the long game of of discipleship. Uh, you know, sometimes we get so focused on what can I do today to change my life, to become the person I want to be, to get my prayer life right, to get my health right. And we kind of want to cram, uh, you know, every spiritual habit we want to possibly form into a single day um, to become something totally new. But I like how you brought up this idea of doing little things over time. Uh, I had a friend tell me once, discipleship is more a matter of time than it is a matter of effort. Like we're just not going to be people God wants us to be tomorrow. I uh, have to kind of build up to it. So in, in your life, how are you able to keep motivated over time? Were there certain days when it was difficult or um, yeah, did you, did you run into any challenges as you were trying these like smaller habits that you integrated, you know, day after day after day? Absolutely. Routine? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's two different things I would say that were absolutely keys to, to success. And, um, and I'll go back to my, my weight loss, you know, example. Um, I had a, I had a coach um, in, in Christian terms. I had somebody who discipled me. I had somebody who I knew regularly was going to check in with me and was just going to say, Hey, Ryan, how, how you doing? You know, how's this week been for you? Um, the other thing was I had a community. So, uh, and again, bring this into the, the, the church context, you know, you would have a body, you know, a group of people that you meet with regularly, you know, and, and, uh, who encourage you, uh, who you want to, who want to, you know, you want to be what you want to be a part of. So I was, I was a part of an online community for my weight loss, you know, that, that I could check in regularly. I could see how other people were doing. I could see their successes and I could see their failures because people weren't afraid to be transparent and say, oh, this is a bad week for me. I'm honest here. I'm on. You know, when I had a bad week, I could be honest too, you know? So, um, so those two things, having, um, you know, some sort of regular accountability disciple or someone who's a part of your life you look up to someone who can mentor you and um also having the community to function within a community that has like goals you, you can't you know you know if you want to build up a discipline in your life you need to be around other people who want to who want the same thing um you need to find a community that wants to pray mm -hmm. right you need to find a community that that wants to study the word you know you need to find a and they're out there they exist you know, and go, go find those, those things. And uh, that will, those make huge differences uh, having th that, um, that coaching, mentoring, discipling and community. Um, all of that is, is super huge. Um, I mean, there's really, I would say there's four pillars, you know, of, of any sort of thing. One is the actual discipline. What, what is it you're after? Uh, next is, you know, an individual can hold you accountable. Um, next is a community that you can function in. But the final thing is also just education. You know, you've got to figure out how to get where you want to go. You know, and sometimes it's it's really easy. Like in the example of prayer, we'll start talking to God, open your mouth and exhale and, you know, start talking. You know, but sometimes depending on what you're doing, you you may need more than that. You know, if, if you want to learn Greek uh, so you can study the original New Testament Greek and have a deeper understanding of that, then, I, you know, I might suggest you go to Multnomah. You know, there's some good classes there you might need to take. So you, you've got to figure out, you know, you, you do have to educate yourself on what's going to work uh, for whatever you're seeking after. So that's good. Well, thanks for that. Those thoughts, I think, as we're thinking about goals, and it's not that, you know, it's necessarily bad to, to have a New Year's resolution, right? But it's more important to think about habits not just that on a certain time of the year, but like as a consistent thing that we do, like Jonah said, like over time and something yeah. that builds as opposed to something that, like your original example, running essentially a 5K, you know, three miles every day to start will, yeah. Most people will fail. <laughs> it's just, you know. Yeah, and I think understanding why. I think getting back to your real why why do I want to run three miles? I think it's super yeah. important to understand, you know, well, I want good health or I, I want a deeper walk with God or I want closer fellowship with, with other believers or I want to win the loss for Christ. You know, get to that deep value, identify that because that's you need that. You know, you need to understand that, that God's given you those things and are they are they healthy? You know, if you're 
if your value is rooting in something that's selfish, it isn't, isn't going to be good. You know, if you're wanting to get healthy so that you can rock that bottom and show it off, you know, yeah, you, you probably don't have a good motivation there either, you know, but you know, if you're getting healthy because you really want to live a long and effective life for the Lord and advance his kingdom throughout, well, yeah, now I think you maybe, maybe you've hit on the right value that you're going for there. So another okay. part of the equation. <laughs> yeah, having a long-term healthy value or goal and, and thinking about that end, not just the means to it, end is important because if you think about it really boils down to you just want to be healthy so you have so you look better. But then looking better when you look at a pint of ice cream, you know, they're kind of like they both are pretty appealing. Oh, they <laughs> can look really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a small serving of ice cream. But my problem was it was like, yeah, that, that pint needs to be eaten along with two other pints. You know? <laughs> and, and knowing where you're where you're going to fail if you start going down the road. It's like, and that that's where that discipleship mm -hmm. component really helps you out, right? Because somebody yeah. could look at you and say, yeah, you shouldn't even eat one spoonful of that, buddy, because you and I both know where you're going to go, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. I think that the theme along the way I'm seeing of, of kind of the theme of humility. You know, sometimes we think we can just do it. If I just try really hard, I can go around three miles. Uh, maybe we don't want to acknowledge where we're at. And yeah, like you said just a second ago, having someone in your life to call you out and saying, hey, this won't be good for you. I, I know where this will take you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. Would you say in your kind of journey, both with weight loss and with your prayer life, uh, how did it change the way that you saw humility? Oh, my goodness. Um, there is nothing more difficult than being actually honest with yourself mm. and actually just saying, hey, you, Ryan Fast, you know, you're not you're not being honest if you think you can you know whatever go eat a pint of ice cream and not have it affect you you know mm -hmm. and being able to go yeah i really want that pint of ice cream but i don't need it and so i'm i'm choosing the healthy you know the better choice right yeah. now you know or likewise being honest when you do blow it you know one of the things about god's grace that i absolutely love is the fact that on my worst day he's still crazy about me and when you when you understand that, that doesn't give you permission to keep eating the pint of ice cream. Um, in fact, when you really embrace the fact that on your worst day, Jesus still loves you, it, it draws you towards obedience. It, it actually want you, you want to know Christ better. And uh, even though you may fail uh, at times, he's still there to pick you up and he's put you in a community that's ready to walk right beside you. Um, it's called the body of Christ, right? For a reason. And so I think that's all, um, I think when it comes to humility, a huge part of it for me is on is total honesty, brutal honesty with myself um, mm. and then with others. Um, and uh, it's not easy, I'm, but I mean, you know, James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You've, you've got to be honest with him, you mm. know? And when you, when you mess up, you gotta just, got to keep going down before him that's and that's what i've had to do you know it's you know I, I do not if there's anybody in this world that thinks that they have humility figured out watch out man um you're in trouble um, <laughs> and uh but yeah walking humbly before god that's i mean i literally was praying that today as i was walking i was i was literally crying out to god just saying god i need some help i need more humility in my life help me to humble myself you know i don't i don't fully get it but i you know, that inward honesty, I know, is a huge step, really hard one for me to take daily, like regularly, but I have to keep doing it. Good. Well, thanks for that insight. That's, yeah, just that knowing your why, why you're doing something and, and the attitude you bring to it is is huge. And being able to see your own pride, but also move past superficial things too, and kind of see through those things. I think really yeah. as we look at. Yeah. I think as a, as a male, um, one of my quotes, uh, you guys remember Rich Mullins, right? You know, the guy who wrote awesome God and all those great, you know, oh, yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, 
I was watching a video of his one time, and I, I've hung on to this quote. He, uh, he, he said, we must never forget our capacity for complete and utter moral bankruptcy. Hmm. And it's like, that's one of those things that I've just, I've hung on to because I'm like, yeah, that's part of what keeps us humble is just knowing it's like, yep, I, as long as I'm a human being living here on God's green earth, I can really blow it. And I, I need to just remember that, you know, I need to just humble myself and just keep on saying, all right, God, the only thing that gets me through each day. The only thing that keeps me from just completely blowing it is you and your grace. And, uh, you know, just keep walking, you know, through that. Normally what we do, Ryan, we're going to do this a little different today because it's the last day of 2020. Um, normally Jonah and I share what's a big story, um, or even just something impactful personally that's on our mind, right? So we share something personally. What I want to do is have a quick roundtable, and you can share more than one, of predictions for 2021. And this will be good to look at the end of next year to see how, mm. how wrong many of these are. But I want to hear any, any thoughts. Could be kind of more funny ones. Could be, um, you know, ultimately more serious ones as we're thinking about the pandemic that we're in. Um, yeah. Any thoughts? I've got a few for myself, but I want to let you guys, do you have any, any ones that come to mind? I think the Mandalorian season three will be the best one ever. <laughs> there we go. Baby Yoda is my hero. What can I say? <laughs> I'm going to not be, oh man. Oh man. Okay, that's my first one. Who's next? Here we go. All right. Uh, oh, go, go ahead, Jonah. Man, my thoughts, I don't, I think that, I don't know. I don't know if too much is going to change by tomorrow. Like, I think a lot of people are going in really excited, guns blazing. We're finally not in 2020 anymore. But, like, I don't know if today is going to make that much of a difference. Um, I'm expecting a, a lot more of the same. Uh, people are probably still going to be, you know, mad at each other for random things. Uh, people are still probably going to be sick. Like either that or Jesus is coming back. One of the two. Um, oh so. no! Now you just ruined it. But the Mandalorian season three is going to carry the year, so it doesn't oh, okay. like okay. that. One thing is going to be better, and it's the Mandalorian season three. As long so. as Jesus <laughs> comes back after Mando three is released, we're good. We're yeah, good. hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have a I have a prediction for twenty twenty one. Okay, go for it. So, social media, right? So. Mm -hmm. Facebook has been king for a long time. And I do think Facebook will hang on to, to the social media king for at least one more year. But so the, the rank of most users for social media are Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, WeChat, Instagram, nice. and then TikTok has risen all the way up. It has surpassed Snapchat. It's surpassed LinkedIn. That was more popular before. Um, my wow, LinkedIn is still a thing. It still, still exists. That's right. It's, that's kind of like Twitter. It's like what? Who's yep. on Twitter? What? I know. Yeah, Twitter's not on that list either. My really is that despite Instagram having two hundred million more users than Snapchat, I think Snapchat will surpass Instagram by the end of next year. Whoa! I think, I think that Facebook, who by the way owns Instagram, um is under a lot of pressure, right? From, you know, just their monopoly and stuff like that. And Snapchat is becoming more US based. So I think, I think the combination of those things, I think Snapchat is going to go, is going to surpass Instagram and definitely the most popular app for uh, generation Z. So I think mm. it's going to happen by next year. Wow, dude, you guys are going all deep on me. I was just oh, sticking yeah. with the Mandalorian, man. I thought that was a for sure thing. But uh, you're gonna grow up. You're, you're the most likely to be right, though. I think. So, yeah. Um, let, let's say my next one. I'm calling it right now, and, and I'm, this is a this is when you know I'm really a psychic if this happens. Okay, guys, but oh, I yeah. think the I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna win the Super Bowl. Oh man, I just really? they're good. They have a chance. Yeah, man. So let's go on around. Who, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I just, I just call. Don't get me wrong. I am a diehard Seahawks and Dallas Cowboys fan, so I'm not calling my own team. So, but what, what say you, Jonah? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Man, I, 
I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm also a Seahawks fan, so I'm with you there. I hope that I'd love it if the Seahawks made it out of the NFC. We're just but, hoping uh, Russell starts cooking in his kitchen, right? That's our goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the Bills have a good chance. Like they're probably, I think, the second best team in the AFC. But I think, I think the Chiefs will still win it. If I had to guess, Bills are. Yeah, I put money on Bills too, though. They're good. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm just, I'm going for the long shot just to be. Oh no, yeah, the Bills. That's, that's a good long shot. That's a safe dark horse right there. I'm going to go with, um, well, first off, gosh, I, I really want to go bold and say that the Washington football team is going to Just because it's the one year they're the football team. Dude, go all the ways and just pick the Cowboys then. You might as well. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints are finally going to overcome that curse. Wow. Drew Brees is going to make the best possible handoffs to Alvin Kamara <laughs> to carry him to a championship and Drew Brees is going to retire in glory with his ring just like Peyton Manning did. Listen, Drew just needs to loosen up the purse spring. Drew just needs to loosen up the purse strings a little bit, give some of that salary over to the refs and make sure they don't shortchange him this year. Before we do, maybe, maybe let's do one more, one more go through each one of us, but I'd a uh, user comments, Snapchat or TikTok. I'm not sure if I said Snapchat. I'm saying TikTok. I think I think I said Snapchat. TikTok. You did say Snapchat. Yeah. Oh, no, not Snapchat. No, definitely not Snapchat. Yeah, TikTok. I was kind of wondering. I was like, hmm. yeah, that's, that's really bold. You're around for a while. It's not number one yet. I think TikTok, TikTok is going to take over Instagram. You think TikTok's TikTok. taking over Instagram? Okay, yeah. all right. Yes. I apologize. I got you, all right, I got right. you. Man. Well, my next my next bold one because I like bold ones is oh, yeah. that uh, we need to think robots here, people, and I think there's going to be a new generation of Alexa that is not going to just sit on our counters anymore, uh, but is going to get off our kitchen counter and like make a meal for us. It's 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 evident that pretty soon food is going to be coming thanks to robots in our lives. That's my hey, uh, that's robot. my prediction. Yeah, All think right. robot. Yeah, I like absolutely. it. Yeah. Hey, this yeah. prediction, I, I'm, I'm pretty set on this. I, I think I'd be surprised if this didn't happen, right? So I was, I was barely a human being in the '90s. I was born in like '96, <laughs> so I, I don't remember it super well. But I know that there was I a feel DVD old now. Thank you, Jenna. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think <laughs> that mask collecting is going to be the new Beanie Babies '90s craze because masks right now everyone has one, right? There's a lot, a lot of companies are selling them, but they probably won't be for very long. And they're going to be something people are going to like wait. They're going to invest money in expecting the value to go up in like 50 years when no one's making face masks anymore. So See, now, I, I, I think you're hitting on the right thing, but I think actually what's going to happen by 2021 is all those masks we used to cover our mouths. We're going to poke hmm. holes in them and put them up on our eyes. Really? We're going to, be oh, able yeah. to, we're going to go for the, you know, the mass bandito kind of luck. I got to go look sick. I, I would, I, yeah, I'm going to do that this week. Just to get out of the curve. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I think I think mass collecting is going to become a huge thing before it's going to be. As soon as the news is announced that, like you know, whenever this this whole quarantine, yeah, the world has been vaccinated, we're all safe again, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever happens, so though, there will be museums for masks. I think you know. Mm. <laughs> or will masks be like uh, you know things from the '60s where they burned them all in effigy? You know, who knows. I don't know if people like masks that much, but I think that they will. <laughs> that's, that's, I guess, the hot part of the hot take. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys gave, like, funny ones. My last one's all serious. So, oh, John, stop it. You don't need to get serious on this. My prediction for 2021 is that by the time summer hits, because people will be outside and most, the I should say the majority of people will have been vaccinated, at least in the United States, um, I think by summer, I think things will feel normal, but masks will not go away in 2021. Hmm. They will think throughout, even when people are vaccinated, we're still going to require face masks. That's what my prediction is. Um, I think combination of, I, I think the big one is people are scared of taking the vaccine or think there's a conspiracy behind it. And I think that might, cause the slowdown of masks right so um yeah of, of removing masks so that that's my hot take masks yeah. this time next year will still be required to wear wear them but by the fall 
things will be a little, they'll kind of look mostly normal. That's a good one. That's interesting. Because, see, you know, like, have you ever traveled to Asia, John? I have not, but I've seen travelers from Asia. Well, yeah. see, I mean, like, in Asia, like, they've been wearing masks for years, like, mm -hmm. all the time. And so I, I what I kind of wonder, rifting on what you're saying, is, is if people are just going to, you know, masks are just going to be kind of an accepted part of the norm going forward, irregardless of whether we're... I mean, whenever I've gone to Asia, we've always gone, why are all those people wearing masks, you know, and all this stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, I just wonder if it's going to be going to become a new part of the norm. That's what I'm, you know, kind of wondering. That's totally true. I also think, speaking of becoming part of the norm, I think people who use Zoom and know how to use Zoom, like a lot of the people listening to this show, I think that they will be at a big advantage in, like, the workforce and in, like, society than people who don't. I think that's going to be the new, like computer or Microsoft Office, like mm. you have to know how to use it to get a job in the modern world. Yeah, so, Zoom Zoom will be the new power thing. You know, if you know yeah, it, you're, yeah. you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. totally. I believe it. Yeah, because like even with people being able to meet in person, Zoom meetings that are so convenient. Holy moly. Oh yeah, my gosh, it saved schedule. me so much time. Like, yeah. I, I mean, now I, they ever, I mean, I've known how to do it for years, but now everybody else knows how to do it. So nobody's yeah. afraid of it anymore, you know? <laughs> They may hate it, but they, yeah, I, they're not afraid of it anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, I hope Zoom doesn't die. I'm a Zoom fan, so I'm hoping it sticks yeah. around. I I'm with you. And, and you know, there will probably be better iterations. Eventually, somebody will make something better than Zoom, and you know, it'll yeah, probably be like a chip we plant above our eyebrow, and we'll be able to project our <laughs> Zoom in front of us. Or something. I don't know. Mm. I'm thinking robots next year. I'm Are thinking robots. I'm telling you, Alexa is going to get off the counter, and she's going to start making dinner for us. It's going to happen. It's gonna happen. That's right. Cool. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for joining us for- hey, Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, church in Context. Oh man, it's, it's been a good discussion. So, hey, if you've come up with a, a new habit or New Year's resolution, or even better, if you wanna immortalize your thoughts forever on the internet, and makes make a bold prediction for 2021. Wow. Uh, Do it. Put it in the comments. We want to see what your predictions are. And if it's Washington football team is going to win the Super Bowl, I'm with or you. Or the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> or New Orleans. That's right. You're saying pay the refs enough this time, New Orleans. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank yeah, you guys. Appreciate it. And yeah, Ryan, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It's really been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I look forward to maybe chat more in the future sometime. That's good. Check out Student Connection and their new podcast coming out in three months. That's the last prediction, right? Student Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2021. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>